podcast by GRCC DLIT. With your hosts, Meg Lockard, Rachel Lowick-Diener, and me, Ian Matthews. Welcome to Speaking of Teaching, a GRCC DLIT podcast, and I'm happy to introduce all of our loyal listeners to Dr. Pink, Mm. our GRCC president. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Pink. Honored to be here. I was so, this, this has been one of those things that I've looked forward to because it allows me to cut away from the office and all the stuff and get to talking about some things I really love. Good. Glad to hear that. Yep. Well, We're going to test that out here. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. Yeah. We'll ask Let's again do it. in about 40 minutes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> See how I'm you feel then. I'm never coming back here. <laughs> we're so glad to have you because really you were one of the first people that we thought of when we were making lists of guests. And, you know, we would have been happy to chat with you in March when our podcast was born. Although I have to say like this is just the perfect time. Mm. Agreed. Because we've really been asking all our season one guests about the pivot that our college made in March 2020 and thinking about what we've learned Mm -hmm. along the way and what we'll be taking with us as we go forward. Um, And now we're in this precarious position as a college where we kind of thought maybe (laughs) that pandemic times were over and here we are just bringing back the mask mandate for campus Mm. um and so maybe that vision that we had for ourselves moving forward will look a little bit more like it did a year ago than it did two years ago Mm -hmm. and so kind of with that frame i'd love to ask you to take us back to Bill Pink's mind in March <laughs> of 2020. Well, and it's it's funny that we talk about this because just yesterday I had a flashback. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because yesterday we uh, when we get word from the county that they were moving Kent and Ottawa counties, both places spaces we occupy, right? right? That they were moving us uh, to that higher risk. Uh, I think it's uh, substantial or something to that effect. Um, it was a flashback because what we did back in March of 2020, and you guys will remember this, we had to shift and pivot so quickly and so often. And it had to be based on uh, the best logic we had. And I say the best logic is because none of us had ever done this before. Exactly. None of us. And so the best logic was, I'll say, so how do you how do you navigate through this stuff? So if you go back to March of 2020, totally green, totally green. Now we're kind of a light green. Um, so we still have some things that we're learning, but I think we're a whole lot more seasoned campus wide now, quite a bit more seasoned at what this kind of thing means. So yesterday, the, the flashback was only momentarily just because the flashback was remembering how quickly information was coming. And just as we would make a shift it would change again. And so then we had to make another shift. No, we said this, but now it's this. And that was so based on our county and state saying, here's what this looks like now. So yesterday, when we get the word of the counties shifting, 
what we had already determined as a leadership team was that we wanted to use that as a primary barometer of how we move as a campus. The thing I like about doing that and using the county is because, number one, the county is giving us real-time data on how these numbers are going and how many are in the hospitals. I'm fortunate and blessed to be a part of uh, Spectrum Health, one of their, their uh, Southwest, their South, uh, their West Michigan board. And one of the things about being on that board is that you get a lot of real-time information about what it's looking like here mm-hmm. in Grand Rapids, among other uh, areas. So when I look at Spectrum Health and the information that we get there combined with what the county is telling us, what that was saying to us is that we need to make sure as an institution we are acting appropriately from a standpoint of having a barometer, having something, an outside source helping inform us internally so that we can then look at the outside data, which impacts our college directly because when they're telling us Kent County, those are our people. Yeah. Yeah. So that gives us a good indication of what our numbers look like. But now, the factor that we have today that we did not have back in March of 2020 is this thing called the vaccine. <laughs> so now, many of the folks who will be on campus, whether it be uh, from an employee or a student perspective, I can't give you an exact number, but many of them will have had the vaccine. That's a different dynamic than what we had back in March of 2020 because we didn't have any clue. So now making sure we keep that in mind is what moves us to say, okay, let's use and make sure we're properly using the mask, uh, the mask uh, option in a way that we feel like is going to help keep our campus safe. Aside from what we, I was just in a meeting a second ago and I'm sitting on the other side of a piece of plexiglass from someone talking to him, right? So we still have some of those kind of things in place. Mm-hmm. Still in our classrooms, we'll only be at about 75% capacity in those classrooms with uh, some of the physical distancing that we've uh, had before. Not quite as much. We've, uh, because of CDC, we think we've shrank that down a little bit. So with all those factors combined, the idea of having masks indoors, not campus-wide, just indoors, we feel like now we've, we have somewhat of a playbook that continues to be written <laughs> because these things continue to change. But at least now, going as we are getting to the tail end of summer, at least now we feel like we have a bit better grasp on what we're dealing with, that as these different information bites come at us, that we can look at what we've done already and say, okay, here's the tweak that needs to be made here based on the data you're giving us. Here's the tweak that we need to make here. Here's how we need to do this. Here's where we need to do that so that we do the best we can at keeping um, education alive and well on campus, yet making sure we're doing all we can to stay safe. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That was a long answer for that, wasn't it? It was perfect. That's okay. And now for this commercial. So. That's right. Charlie's <laughs> back. Sorry. <laughs> well, I, I think what I appreciate most about um, how the college has handled this for the last 18 months is that, um, and this is, I know there's <laughs> probably people who don't appreciate this, but I loved not having answers. Like, it felt so good for me to know that you and the administrators we're taking into consideration everything and like, well, we're going to move forward in these little steps and we don't know what that looks like. So here's what we're doing right now. And I know that I, well, I think I'm a little more 
comfortable with change than most people are. But that felt really good to know that like this is being constantly assessed and we're just going to like baby step it forward instead of saying, okay, well, we don't know now, but we're going to do this in the fall and then say, no, just kidding. We're not going to do that anymore. (laughs) So that was, I think that was really great. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. And here's why, because I'm just not a believer that we make some huge declaration of here's what we're going to because thing number one if you're dealing with a novel virus that means things are good we we don't know enough about it yeah so if we don't know enough about it chances are things are going to change and so what i don't still do not want to do we were just having a conversation yesterday i said i'm still not going to tell you by here's what we're doing for the fall no we're still three weeks away and in COVID years three weeks is a lifetime uh, yes exactly <laughs> 50 things can change Pigs between will now. be flying <laughs> yes. in three weeks so yes, don't mean, hold your breath look at all the things that change in a short amount of time yeah. and so the last thing i want to do is make some huge declaration a month or two or uh, earlier when we know that these things are changing so fast. And so understanding that there are some people who love the comfort of knowing what life is going to be like a month from now for the next 10 months. I get that. I would, I would love to be able to do that if I could. I don't think that's the wise thing to do in this regard because with a mask mandate in place right now here on campus, yeah, mask required. What I don't want to do is say for the fall semester, we will have mask on campus. No. If anything, we will say something to the effect if we feel like here in, in two weeks, because a week before I want to make the determination. But uh, I could see us saying we will start the fall semester that way. Yeah. But it certainly doesn't mean we will end the fall semester that way. Exactly. And so I want to I always try to want to make sure that we are uh, leaving ourselves those options so that we could do all we can to stay safe yet to allow for as much of that flexibility as possible. I think that's what we do real well in community colleges Mm -hmm. anyway, better than some of our four-year partners is have that flexibility of things and we need to stay that way. Yeah. And like speaking of comfort that I think there's comfort in knowing that people are working for safety and not for other reasons. Right. So like we're going to move forward in these steps that consider safety first and then all the other things. And there are lots of other things, right? We're, there are tons of other things. <laughs> there are infinite things. But I, I found comfort in that. Safety, like people are looking out for my safety. That makes me feel like whatever happens moving forward happens. And I'm just going with the flow. Yeah. Um, and what's, what's been interesting as well, and you guys know how this goes. Um, we are, and I, when I say we in this case, myself and uh, just our leadership team, um, we exist in a no-win scenario with this. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good way to put it. It's it's a it's a no-win scenario mm-hmm. um, because I know that no matter what we do, whether we when we man when we said mask on campus required starting today, I have people who. We'll send an email that applauds that decision. Thank you for that. And those that said, what the heck are you doing? What do you... <laughs> and that's what we get. Yes. And that's what we've gotten for the last 18 months, pretty much, uh, are those folks. And some of that is around uh, mass mandate. Some of it is around um, what, how do we handle, uh, how we handle various uh, situations on and off campus. Um, it, it's just the world we live in that you just have different differences of opinion. I think that's part of what makes us... Uh, higher education is to be able to exist in an environment that you have differences of opinion. The beauty of it is when you're able to have discourse 
around those yes. differences of opinion Cheers. and then stand up and uh, go and have a have dinner together because <laughs> right. you know uh, and that you're not you know now uh, having constant you, know, you don't have a conversation that all you want to do is concentrate on the 20% of things we disagree on mm-hmm. and forget about the 80% things that we can agree on you then unfortunately then you have to you start hinging on the 20% and I just don't like that person but but you know you actually have more in common than you really think you do if you actually talk about it mm-hmm. so understanding that we're just it's a no win scenario that if you're in a no win scenario I think you got to do what you can to protect people and do what you think is right mm-hmm. and that's what we have to do Something we've talked about a lot on this podcast are the kind of innovations that were born during the pandemic. And it's um, really interesting to consider that the choices that we made for people's health and to keep them safe became like this fertile ground for teaching innovation Mm. that maybe would not have happened otherwise. Mm. Um, And I I know that I have found that really exciting, and we've spoken to a lot of instructors over the last, I guess maybe we've been doing this for six months now, um, who have talked about new approaches to teaching, effective Um, changes that they've made. And um, I know that as college president, you have to think about many, many different factors, right? Mm -hmm. Teaching's part of it. It is. But it's not the whole thing. Um, And so when you knew that you were telling all of your classroom instructors, we're going to have to do this online, um, what were your hopes and what were your fears? <laughs> That's an awesome question, Rachel, because um, so what it did for us is, and the thing that was important to me is to have that as we had to make the decision of becoming of, of becoming majority online, majority virtual. The beauty of that for me is to be able to say, here's our situation now I can depend on having the kind of faculty we have at GRCC that then sits back and says, all right, how am I innovative with this? How do I not only figure out how I instruct, but how do I really just knock this thing out of the park? (laughs) That's the blessing of what we have here because I really feel like a majority of our faculty are in that space. So here we are in this situation where, boy, you know, guys, we, we're, we're just going to have to be off campus. We're just here's what our here's what our our cards look like. Then allowing faculty the resources of the CTE, the Center for Teaching Excellence, this place in the in media services, uh, all of our all of the re- the resources we have in that regard, being able to say, by the way, here's what you have to work with. Go do what you do, what you do, what you do well. And that has been so telling throughout this whole time is to hear the stories from faculty, but also to hear the stories from students, because I get some of those stories as well of students that have told me. And what's so cool about it is um, more than once I've been at a restaurant in the last 
I'd say this has probably been probably the last eight, nine months. More than once I've been in a restaurant and I'm usually the nosy person sitting at the table that a waitress or a waiter that comes, if they look college age or older, I'm always, so you go to college somewhere? You know, I'm always going to ask. <laughs> so tell me your deepest, darkest <laughs> secrets. Exactly. Hey. Hey. And, and if you don't want to tell me, it's okay. <laughs> so if they say GRCC, oh really, what are you doing there? You know, I just start getting nosy about it. And it's been um, interesting to hear how many talk about, well, I'm on, I've been online all year. Yeah, I know. How's that working for you? And it's been really cool. Some of them that they're just not, they're in it and that's just not their learning style. And that's just what we, you know, we, we've done the best we can to try to help those students, all of them. But I've had more than, than uh, those that I just mentioned. I have had more that have said, and you know what? The online thing is really working well for me. Because I have an instructor that's really working with me and now I can, it fits my schedule more. What we've learned from this, and it's because of the faculty that have just decided, you know what, I'm going to knock this thing out of the park, is that these offerings that we have done virtual, online, many of those offerings has opened up possibilities for some students that really didn't have it before. Now, some people will say, but Bill, we've had online education at GRCC for decades. True. But for the most part, we've been through a typical year. We were about 80, 75 percent in person. This is pre-COVID days. Sure. About 75, 80 percent in person, and about 20 to 25 percent online. Well, now, as you flipped that script that we've last year, we became exactly opposite. 75 mm-hmm. percent online or virtual, 25 percent in person. What it meant is that we started offering other classes that we didn't offer before in a virtual format. And we started offering some of them that we were offering maybe in a little different way now. And what it did is that it caused some students who really couldn't access us because of life. It has allowed them to be able to access us in a way that, as I've said to our provost, uh, Dr. Canetto, we've got to make sure that we don't lose those students that we continue to do enough to help those students out. I honestly, um, I wouldn't picture us ever going back to an 80, 20. I don't think, I don't want to stay where we're at right now. Don't get me wrong, but I would not, (laughs) (laughs) but I would not foresee us going back to what we were. I could see us being at more of a 60, 40 or a 65, 35, Mm -hmm. but having more opportunities for those students to access us at levels that they didn't access us before. And so to me, that's been the beauty of it from my standpoint when it comes to teaching and learning is allowing our faculty to be able to say, here's where we are. Here are the resources. Now go do what you do best. And I think that's what we've done these last 18 months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you're um, really generous in your perception of faculty as people who want to do their best, right? Like knock it out of the park. Mm-hmm. We know not everybody was like that. Some people did it for survival and yes. they did it so well that they ended up knocking it out of the park, right? Um, but they didn't I go think, in and going, yeah. Yeah, they were like, <laughs> no, I'm not doing this. But they had to. They didn't have a choice. Like, mm-hmm. And it just happened. We, we heard from so many faculty whose stories went from... Um, they were literally saying like, hell no, (laughs) I I cannot teach this discipline online. Mm -hmm. And here after the fact, they're sitting here saying, wow, it actually kind of worked. And guess what I learned like this, this, and this, and it was really kind of fun. And they get all geeky about 
distance learning and teaching. And I think that is so exciting. Um, And I think that also brings us to like what we really want to know. And you kind of started to get at this a minute ago. Um, But what does all this look like moving forward? So possibly more offerings. um, But you obviously have this whole perspective that we don't have where we are. And I would love to hear what what does this look like? I mean, we know we don't know what it looks like, but like, what are what are your thoughts for moving forward? And what has the leadership team learned that yeah. can move us ahead? Meg, I think that it becomes uh, a bit, uh, I'll expand even more. And so I think it means that we have to make sure that we have more availability for our students. Mm-hmm. For some of those folks who have never been a student here because it just doesn't fit my life, we fit their lives a bit better now. But I also think that with how we shifted modalities, so in going to this uh, idea of you're either in person, uh, virtual, uh, hybrid, where you're a little virtual and a little in person (laughs) or fully online. I think what that has done is that that has opened up more in terms of creativity, both from a faculty and a student perspective. I see more of that happening. Also, though, we were able to do more because, again, we were forced into doing more of our student support Mm -hmm. virtual or in a in a much different way of delivery. So when it came to how tutoring happened, advisement where we were doing some of that before. Oh, my goodness. Now you had to button that up to where it is fully functional. Um, One of the things that we that I um, a week ago. Uh, we had our leadership retreat, my, the leadership team, we had a little morning of just get out. Uh, we went way far over to Ender Hall, but anyway, um, (laughs) we were in the, in a conference room in there. So we do retreats big time. Um, I hope your flight wasn't delayed. uh, Trust me. I mean, I was just looking for a meal, but, um, (laughs) so part of what we talked about though, is that, um, we, I asked them to within each of their portfolios, I wanted to see a list of what are you doing different now than what you were doing before Mm -hmm. COVID? What things have shifted? So you'll see some of that opening day because we're going to highlight several of those things on opening day of what some folks are doing saying, yeah, here's what we're doing now. But then we'll list all because these were like pages of things that they were saying, well, here's what we do different now. And here's what that's doing. Here's what that's doing. Because what we want to do is learn from the crisis. So as we've been in this mode for all this time, what are those things that we have learned that uh, about ourselves and some things that we can do better and some things that maybe we need to do that we weren't doing before? Mm-hmm. And so what I think it also gives us is that is that idea and that perception and that way of thinking that says I can be creative, I can be innovative in whatever job I have here on campus. And what does that look like? I think it gave people on campus, across campus, kind of a ticket to to be creative. And you know what? If we're going to fail, let's fail fast. That's okay. We'll get up and, and we'll run <laughs> again. But try it. it. Sounds like a good idea. Try it. If it doesn't work, hey, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. We don't. Well, we just we know what doesn't work. But try it again. Yeah. And so I think it gives that level of innovation as well. One thing that, um, and this was, and sometimes you, you sit there and you listen to this stuff and you go, 
of course, why weren't we doing that before, right? <laughs> so um, one thing that we've done with our with the call center, so uh, with just the switchboard, when people call into campus, well, what we've done is we've been able to, instead of have that be sitting at this one location, we've been able through technology to automate that to where these call, these switch, the call center, the receiving can be anywhere. Um, we can set that up because it's all set up through through uh, now through technology, through computer, that that call comes in and now it's a, a ring on my computer maybe or not where we can be a lot more um, not only uh, versatile with it, but now it can we can service people a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. And that in itself, I mean, that we're to hear folks talk about that is it boy figured that one out and now look at what it allows us to do to be able to be more receptive and responsive to students who call in and say i need to talk well let's get you connected over there yeah it's six o'clock let me get you connected let me let you it gives us a bit more of the kind of flexibility i think we need as an institution Mm -hmm. and so i i think it's um i think this next year what i've said is that i i honestly um and and don't quote. I'm sure you're not recording this. No, um, no. I, I <laughs> Feel free to said, be candid. Of course. <laughs> I, um, I think we are still a year from truly being able. And this I actually, I I kind of felt this way about a about eight ten months ago. I said um, I think fall of 21 will be at a better place. But probably fall of 22 is, I think, when we mm-hmm. were are really going to be able to to get back uh, strong as far as our footing is concerned. I think this year is going to still have some blips on it. I think our enrollment is still going to have blips on it this year because I think there are still some folks who are still trying to figure out their comfort level of education. Yeah. Combine that with the fact that um, this environment we're in right now, and we talked about this the other day in our leadership team, the environment we're in right now from a standpoint of of our students and their jobs. So right now, many jobs are because of the need for more people. Some of our students who a year ago may have been working for eight, 10, $12 an hour, all of a sudden they're at 15 and 16 in the same job. Yes, Because that's the need mm-hmm. for what we need as far as uh, talent and workforce is concerned in our community. So when you take a student who's 19, 20 years old, and they're now making $15 an hour, that's probably more money they've ever made in their life. And they are going, I've arrived. I'm making $15 an hour. You know? I buy the expensive but, bread at Meyer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't know any better right. because that's what they've, I mean, that's more money they've ever made before. Without higher education, it's hard for them to see the other side, to see that, you know, but if you do this, that 15 an hour will pale in comparison to what you're capable of doing with with an education, with a higher education. And so that to us is going to be a challenge. And you'll see some of the some of the marketing you'll see us here over the next few weeks. You'll see stuff that says things like you can, you know, this is, uh, you know, it fits your schedule because no, don't quit your job. Okay, cool. You're making Mm -hmm. 15 an hour. Don't quit your job. You still need to be able to come to school, though. Let's get this done while you're doing that. So you'll see that kind of messaging of, hey, you know, you can this fits your schedule. You can get this, you know, during your, you know, and still have a job and those kind of things to help our students understand. We understand you got to work. We all I, I, I get that. But let's see how we can work on your education at the same time. 
and have that to be something that you can do uh, and do well mm-hmm. at, at both times. And so I think that's going to be a challenge here the next year is trying to um, do our best to get back to our best, what I would call our best footing uh, post post COVID whenever that happens. Yeah, we're not uh, we're not going to put any money on that. right? Yeah, now. please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one thing that I think is beneficial for our student body is that um, students who have just graduated from high school have had a year and a half uh, with some kind of virtual learning experience. Even if all of this last academic year they were in school, the year before, Mm. they had to do some things virtually. So students who are graduating now and coming up have all dipped their toe into online learning. And so before... Um, you know, Meg and I have both been teaching online for a long time and typically our online learners would be people who absolutely would have no other way. Mm. You know, people who work full time jobs, people who are caregivers, right? People maybe who because of mobility or transportation can't get out of their houses. And now we're seeing people who know, even if it's not their preferred mode, they know that they can learn online. Mm -hmm. And so it's a great option for them. And um, you won't be surprised to know that uh, I do a lot of um, sort of ad hoc advising in the neighborhood (laughs) when I see people and learn that they... She accosts people at restaurants, too. That's right. And the grocery store. And my... And, um, you know, they'll even sort of design a schedule where, okay, this is a class that I really like to have face to face, but these other classes I know that I can do online and they will allow me to keep working. Um, also, you know, our state and community have done a good job of making higher ed a little bit irresistible. Um, I ran into someone at the, you break it, I fix it store and (laughs) that's a whole nother story. We just got to chatting as one does. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he is getting a certificate in addiction counseling here at GRCC. Mm. And what made it so appealing for him to add this on to his resume is that he is a first responder. Mm. And so the price was right. Yes. And yep. here he is moving up, um, certainly in terms of salary mm. and just kind of broadening his horizons. And, you know, I said, Rachel, two last names in the English department, if you ever want to reach out. <laughs> I'm surprised you're not giving them other people's names. Right, that's right. Just just call Bill. She didn't say she's (laughs) not. That's true. (laughs) And and the the point you make there, though, Rachel, one thing that we are seeing with our enrollment right now, this summer going into the fall, more so this summer even, is uh, the two initiatives from the state, so Futures for Frontliners and Michigan Reconnect. Mm -hmm. That has brought in this older population, quote unquote, um, of student, the 25 year and older. Non-traditional, we call them not really old. That's not that nice. (laughs) This interview is over. (laughs) I've been guilty of several of those terms. If our old president wants to call them old, just let him call them old. The decrepit. I will tell you, I'll, I'll tell you though, what's so funny about it is that I have never had a term used that 
uh, someone else didn't come back behind years later and say, well, we don't call them that right. anymore. Oh, right. And I'm yeah. going, so why don't it's, we call them that anymore? It's every what are, we, what are we calling them now? Mm-hmm. You know, so those students who are older than 18 years old. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, that works. Who are not fresh out of high school the last two to three years. Um, <laughs> so, and that's quote unquote. Reminds you of um, <laughs> the artist formerly known. Um, right. So, right. what's, what's interesting is that. Many of those individuals are coming to us now, and uh, because the opportunity is there, and they are they are accessing us at levels that we hadn't seen in a while. What I think we have to battle now, and I think it's a, um, and I think it doesn't matter how old you are and which what 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 which which uh, student you are. Here's how I see GRCC. So we aren't over here on this and for those of you who can't see this i'm pointing to the left side of the table um and it has nothing to do with politics by the way but i so they're not over (laughs) here so we have these this this over here that is what we call community college stigma cc stigma right which is it's 13th grade it's uh what you do when you can't do anything else uh, you couldn't get into the high school, into the college or university you wanted to. Uh, it's the it's the bottom of the barrel, but that's what you had to do. It's the community college. Okay, we aren't that. No, but we aren't over here either on the right side of the table, which is this institution that people uh, come to because it is uh, an Ivy League uh, that will leave, leave GRCC and it sends, has a direct pipeline to a graduate program at Harvard. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, we're not that either, okay? <laughs> what we have to do, though, is that we have this great place that we exist here in Grand Rapids, West Michigan, where we have more respect as, an institu- as a community college than any other place I've ever been. This community respects this institution at a very high level, not only for the work that it does, but for the type of student that we produce. I mean, that's due to just this, the, the great work that people do on this campus. That's how we are regarded here. Mm-hmm. People in this, in, in this region know and respect Grand Rapids Community College. I'll have uh, every once in a while some other presidents that tell us, well, we kind of keep an eye on what you guys are doing. That's oh, great. That's, that's awesome. And I think that's a tribute to our, to, our, uh, to our family here. But we still have a bit of work to do to move us further over here to this side because there are still those folks who will say GRCC is a great place to go, but they're not making that declaration to their high school students uh, until maybe they're a senior and, oh, you mean that you're not going to get to go to U of M? Or, let me tell you about GRCC. Okay, uh, pr- uh, appreciate that. Thanks for the reference. We are worthy of being mentioned well before that. And so what we have to do now is help a community that has a whole lot of respect for us. We have to now continue to move this community in the direction of GRCC is that viable option, no matter what grade point you have in high school, no matter what and how well you performed in high school, where you view the 4.0 or the 0.4 and everything in between, we are a viable option because even for the 4.0 that has still may have no clue what he or she wants to do (laughs) in life, still a great option. And you're going to get a high quality education while you're at it, by the way. So we need to make sure we continue to bang that drum 
for this community so that now we have some of those students in our community that are more than capable of going straight to U of M that may say, you know what, first semester or first year, I just need to get my feet on the ground a little bit stronger because I'm really not sure where I'm going on this deal. I'm going to head over to CC and I'm going to get it done there so that we help this community continue to go down that road. That's That to me is our, our challenge I, that I believe is my personal challenge right now is to continue to move that needle over to where folks are realizing at a level that we haven't uh, in a long time in this community, realize the value of a Grand Rapids Community College education. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's where our focus on relevance and responsiveness or like the innovation that you um, talk about often is you know, when these things are happening, we are meeting needs that are constantly changing. And so I feel like the needle's headed that way because Mm -hmm. it's, it's again, it's like we're forced, but also we're making the most of this moment. So it, it feels like a point in time where real needs of our community are being met in innovative ways because we are all faced with this massive challenge that none of us can predict. And that none of us, I I have in the last 18 months, like everybody else, I'm sure, I have often thought, um, interesting that in this day and time, if I could put it practically, I sit there and think, now why did this have to happen when I was a president? (laughs) (laughs) Ding, ding it. What was the timing there? That's right. Woe is me. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's like, well, dang it. Why couldn't this have been another, you know, 10 years later or, you know, five, 10 years or, but, um, but it, it, it also means though, that we are all in our places in this point at the right time in the right place so that we can all make sure that we are still at the end of the day, that we are taking good care of the institution, which means we're taking good care of our students. Because as I say, if you're taking good care of the of this college, that means you're taking good care of this community because of how we serve the community. And so um, it's, it's challenging. And um, probably daily, I say the sentence, I'm so tired of COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I mean, you know, if not us, who? So let's let's do it and let's figure out how we do it. And uh, let's make sure that we are drawing the roadmap and writing the playbook for those folks who someday in the future may, after we're long gone from here, may see a a similar issue of a pandemic or something. And that we can that they can look and say, well, here's what they did back in 2020 when the college was faced with something similar. Here's how they did it. Here's Mm -hmm. how they handled it and take the pieces of it that make sense for them. Uh, because that would have been nice for us to have, but we didn't have it, and that's okay. <laughs> we roll anyway. We do, we do, and I think that's the perfect note to end on. We're gonna do our wrap it up signal, even though we don't need to. <laughs> but I do want to thank you very much, um, yeah. Dr. Pink, for coming in and spending this time with us. Um, I am sure other faculty will be listening to this. Um, happy to hear you inserted into the conversation, uh, and. Personally, I'm looking forward to what this year brings. It's going to be crazy, and I'm okay with that. Um, I feel safe, and I feel like people are looking out for me, and then that makes me feel like I can look out for students. So thank you for that. Yeah, and and I'm, again, I was so honored that you guys asked me to do this. This is is cool to me. Um, The thing that is important to me going into this year is um, 
you know, at the bottom of my, of my weekly email, I have down there, you know, stay relevant, stay responsive, but also be patient and, you know, and, uh, just wash your hands. Try, yes, wash <laughs> hands. Uh, to, to be able to trust each other, to be able to be patient mm-hmm. and to realize that, um, no matter what, please understand that a lot of people have been working awfully hard over the last 18 months to try to do the best they can for the college, for the safety of the college and for the pers- the, the, the preservation of the college. And, um, you know, it, it pains me when I will hear uh, folks that uh, talk about how ill-informed we are, blah, 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 and it's like, you know what? Trust me, the people and the number of people, faculty, staff, uh, administrators, who have been paying hard attention to this stuff for over 18 months, I'm not paying extra for people to be on those teams. <laughs> you know, they're doing it because they yeah. want to do what's best for the college. And we we're paying attention to that stuff. And, uh, at the moments that you start, that you have folks who doubt that, please understand that a lot of people are paying a whole lot of attention. You can shoot, you know, people fire shots at me all the time, whatever. Cool. You know what? <laughs> it's what, you know, if, what if, if, if it makes you feel good to fire them at me, whatever, but don't, don't do it to each other. I'd rather you fire fire them at me than to fire them at someone who's been trying to bust their butt to figure out what to do for a virus that no one has ever seen before. Mm -hmm. So that idea of grace and patience, I truly mean because there are a lot of people who really need that because they're trying their best and taking the best guess they can based on the information they have and just remembering to give each other that. And I think if we do that, We'll navigate this year really well, and it will be a good year for all of us to uh, to be in service to our students and mm-hmm. our community. Here, here. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Wonderful. Come back in time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, let's Ooh. see. Let's see. Mine was called Live Estrogen. <laughs> <laughs> live estrogen <laughs> live es- okay you may have me on that one so mine okay this was <laughs> no one really sold you out here this was in college mm-hmm, days mm-hmm. and then right after college because the show was really good and mm-hmm. they asked me to it was called night heat <gasps> oh night heat meets live estrogen could have made some real trouble <laughs> that <could've> got out <laughs> of exactly i just hear music to that one um it was, like it yeah it was uh it was all love songs and jazz mm-hmm. oh, and it, nice. was the, it was it was some of the most enjoyable times and yeah. because wow. as a as a dj you can become someone different yeah you have a different name they didn't can't see your face I even would kind of change my voice, hey, but you know, kind of thing. <laughs> Welcome so, to yeah, Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> my 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 uh, on air name was Charlie Fox. <gasps> oh my god! So it was Charlie like Fox. it was like Charlie Fox in Nighty <laughs> in Oklahoma City. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> oh my! Gosh. Oh, it was a blast. Mine wasn't that suave. <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> I would have that. It was like uh, Friday nights and Saturday nights. Um, 9 a 9 p.m. till 1 a.m. 
And that's a long set, man. That oh, is night heat right there. It was that's a <laughs> night heat. As, as night tired. Um, yeah. But that was those were fun days. I yeah. still have some of my college buddies. They'll say, "Hey, what's Charlie Fox doing?" Uh, oh man, he ain't around no more. That's right. He Does retired. your wife know about Charlie <laughs> Fox? I'm married with children now, so no. <laughs> and please don't bring those tapes out. That's right. Do you have it on tape? Oh. I do have one tape of live estrogen. Is it like a, a cassette tape? Yeah, it's a cassette tape. I was going to say, that like vinyl or like what? What are we talking about? Yeah, here? it's it a, cassette a cassette tape. I still have a cassette player in the Honda Pilot. Wow. That's awesome. That is so good. Mm-hmm. Mine, um, the folks who used to work at the radio station, that station is so different now. It's For some reason now, they don't have turntables anymore. But anyway, oh, um, it is such a different place now, and I don't even know if they still have recordings of it. But it was number one <gasps> for adult contemporary um, time slots uh, for like uh, 24 to 48-year-olds. It was number one for a while, so I was like, yeah. That is Charlie's amazing. Fox. <laughs> Charlie was rocking, I'm telling you. Chuck Fox. Chuck Fox. Charles right. Fox. <laughs> Charles. Call <laughs> <laughs> oh, me Charles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mr. Fox. Those were, 